This is Real Estate Team Builders, and I'm your host, Lars Hedenborg, the founder of Real Estate B-School. The real estate team building world is driven by big egos who boast about how many homes they've sold or how much GCI they've earned. We don't hear much about their low profit margins, the long hours they put in each week, or the unbearable stress they endure. In fact, I've discovered that most real estate teams are losing money when you consider the amount of personal production their owners must do to make ends meet. I believe that if you want to profitably scale your real estate team without working crazy hours, enduring unhealthy levels of stress, or coming up short at home, then thinking like a business owner, building sustainable systems, and empowering your team are absolute musts. You won't find any smoke and mirrors or hype here on my podcast, just the real world tools, systems, and strategies that work. So if you struggle to balance growing your real estate business with focusing on the areas of life that truly matter, then this show is for you. Welcome back to Real Estate Team Builders. Lars Hedenborg here, the founder of Real Estate B-School. We are in for a treat today. Uh, I have Greg and Stephanie Sisson. They're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. And uh, I've known these guys for probably going on three years now. Uh, and it's been an awesome journey. And I've, I've learned so much from you guys and just how you live your life and how you run your business. Um, and these guys did 414 transactions last year for $123 million in volume. And they did it the right way. We were chatting before we hit the record button. Uh, and Greg made a comment. He said, you know, we've, we've done it organically. And we just see a lot of people in our industry try to manufacture and force growth. And so we're going to break this entire conversation down. Um, But first, kind of tell us a little bit about the structure of the team, kind of your individual roles, and then we'll uh, we'll get after it. You want to do that structurally? Sure. So um, Greg started selling in 1997 as an individual agent, and we've been married um, since 2003. And so... um, about seven years ago, we decided we would um, expand from an individual agent and start growing the team. And now presently, we have nine buyer's agents. Um, we have four licensed admin. And we have two, what I would call jack of all trades. Um, these, these guys are amazing. Um, one of our guys is a licensed drone pilot. He does all of our Matterport uh, camera work, does um, activities at the courthouse. And then our second kind of swing player is our stager, our closing assistant. I just love that this position, those positions are so, um, you know, flexible. I run the operations and then we have a great guy who is our sales director. Yep. Awesome. Um, anything to add, Greg? Uh, no, she hit it. Um, the four licensed uh, administrators, though, are two on the listing side and two on the closing side. And then the closing coordinators that take it from contract to close do have the assistant that she mentioned. So we try, you know, the goal is to let our salespeople, large be salespeople and, and get them out of the transaction as much as possible. Yeah. It's funny. I'll, I'll talk to a, you know, someone uh, running a real estate team. They'll have like 16 agents uh, and they'll have like one administrator. And I'm like, wait, what? Like that's not like that's not actually a team. A team implies that some people are better at paperwork and some people are better like loving on clients through repair negotiations. And you know, if you're if you're in real estate, it it is a contact sales, you know, game. So let's dig a little bit into um 
Greg, one thing that you said that really struck me, and this might have been at our last last intensive, uh, when you talked about, you know, and Stephanie just mentioned it before you hit record, but, uh, you know, what you had to go through to become a top player early in your career, like just talk about like what you did to play this game at a high level. And then now mm -hmm. how we'll get into the challenges of, of running, you know, a team and, and getting agents to do those activities. But Greg, what, what did you have to do to become a top agent in those early days? What was your first sort of leading mm -hmm. indicator of success? It's, it's a great question. I love talking about it because, um, you know, started out, uh, I did a year and a half of on-site sales, which is totally different, of course, than general real estate. But when I started in general real estate in May of 99, Lars, I mean, my first day, I had a list of an old condo community called Magnolia Place. And I called for, you know, six hours a day. I just cold calling people. And so my first three years, uh, I made 60 contacts a day, five days a week. That's 60 conversations, double dialing, you know, two phones, a headset no dialer, dialers didn't exist. So I just cut my teeth having massive amounts of real estate conversations. You know, I think to, to accelerate a career or to get really good at anything, it's that old, uh, the repetition of it. So, you know, when you talk to 60 people a day for three years, you pretty much have heard it all and you're very comfortable just with the back and forth, the dance of real estate. Real estate is just conversations. It's talking. It's we get paid to blah, blah, blah. And I stole that from somebody said that, but we just get paid to talk. So once you know what to say, how to say it, the timing, the rhythm, obviously I was very scripted. I was very fortunate to be Mike Ferry trained, very script, sales oriented, treating the business like a sales business. Um, so that, that was how I got started. Therefore, I just love the art of selling and talking to people, making presentations. I feel like that's where I can really serve, where I serve our salespeople the best just kind of dissecting their conversations and, 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 and helping them make a presentation or helping them with the conversation of real estate. So that was kind of my background and how I was able to take a high volume of listings per year. I would take, you know, 200 listings a year pretty consistently every year, uh, maybe as many as 240 back in the days when listings were really easy to get when 2008, 9 and 10. So that, yeah. that's kind of the story of where, how I got here. Yeah. And, and if you do the math on that, so if, if you're struggling in your real estate business right now and you pick up your calculator, which I'm doing, and I do 60 conversations a day times five days a week times 50 weeks, let's say you took two weeks off, which you probably didn't, <laughs> that's 15,000 conversations a year times three years is 45,000 conversations in your first three years of real estate. And I think some agents come into the business and they're like not successful in their first two or three years. We have an 82% fallout rate in our industry. And I think it's because they don't realize it's like a sales. I mean, it's sales. Like yep. to succeed in any sales organization, like you need to be, it's, it's a numbers game. And so Stephanie, I want to hear you transition a little bit. And Greg, I want to get back to um, personal sure. leadership here in a second, but Talk about like the, the team side of it. So you guys, seven, six, seven years ago, you transitioned to kind of monetizing the buy side. Mike Ferry, high level Mike Ferry guys, like all listings, all leverage, buyers can figure it out, right? So, so it was come in and let's, <laughs> let's monetize the, the buy yeah. side. And, um, yeah. and you guys have built an amazing business. I, I, I 
tell people all the time, there's only a few teams that I would even ever want to own. And yours is one of them in terms of the mm-hmm. way that it's run. Um, but talk about like, you want to make it easier for your agents. You know, you want them to have an, it easier than you had it, but then there's also the struggle of that and the accountability. And there are moments where Stephanie gets mad (laughs) (laughs) looking at the numbers and, you know, and so talk about like that part of it, Stephanie, I think that'll be helpful. Well, I think um, one thing I do want to say that I'd love to come back to is his schedule. So if he'll make a note, let's come back to that. Um, I do think one of our biggest leadership mistakes is not being really frank at the beginning that this is a hard business and talking about the failure rate and talking about really what it takes. We do want it to be easier for our our, uh, our team. We like these people. We want to be with them. We want to, We want them to be with us. Um, So we kind of like, oh, look how amazing. And we do have amazing systems, but it doesn't do itself. Someone has to make the ball start rolling. Once the ball is rolling and we have a contract, we can make it as seamless as possible because of these amazing experienced licensed um, um, our closing coordinators and all that. They can make things just magically kind of put the bow on it, but it has to start somewhere. And that is a grind. And, you know, the paid leads have gotten very expensive. I mean, it's something we use as an arm of business. But our majority of our business, we want their sphere. We want our old contacts. We want our events. You know, we want these to be what they make a part of their real business. And if you're not up front with them, it's kind of shocking. And um, and just holding people accountable, it. I have to remind myself, it's love. It's love um, because it's hard when we're very. You know, we we want to get along. We want everything to be happy. Um, sometimes you have to just say, Hey guys, this isn't working. Our, you know, we need to have a higher ratio and yes, we're experiencing burnout and yes, inventory is terrible, but we're in one of the most lucrative businesses in the world. And we're not, as he says, we're not digging ditches. We're not on a roof. I mean, we've got it made. Let's just go to work. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And, um, Greg, one, one thing, and I, I want to get back to personal leadership and your schedule and, and some of your mindsets. And I'm not sure I even told you this, but something that you uh, challenged me on, and I forget where I heard it or how I was challenged, but you made a comment like, the family's going to bed. No, no, I'm going to bed and the family, I'm like, I'm saying good night to everybody. Like, Greg is, he's committed to sort of, you know, his routine and what it takes to perform at a high level and lead by example at the highest level in your organization. Um, and, and it comes with some sacrifices. Like I think you said, like 830, everyone's going to be up for two or three more hours. And it's like, all right, good night, everybody. <laughs> you miss yeah. like a chunk of the night, you know, but you're up early. And so talk about like personal leadership, what are your routines? When do you get up? What are you doing first? Yeah. You know, I know you're mm-hmm. you're in the word every day. So talk mm-hmm. about some of that. Well, I think the quote maybe you remember is what I, I said. My daughter, who now is twelve, she puts me down now. <laughs> I don't I don't put her down. She puts me down. So yeah, I mean, eight thirty is really my goal to to be in the bed, and then usually I'm reading a couple pages of a good book or something, and then by nine be asleep. But my goal is to get up at four thirty. But I'm, you know, sometimes it's 4.45, but 4.30 to 4.45. Crazy. You know? It's until 4.45. I mean, I know, that- I know. <laughs> so I, I really don't feel like I'm sacrificing that time between 8.30 and 9.30 or 10 when the kids are still, they're they're finishing homework. They're maybe in the shower after an activity. So we engage and we're having a good time. And then 
the freedom comes when your discipline is you get to choose. I don't work on the weekends. I mean, we have that time. Um, I'm home by 4 30 or five, five o'clock is late. I mean, I'm always home by 4 30 or five, but, but yeah, I mean, my morning routine, I, we, you, you've interviewed so many great people and the more you dig into the top producers and people that are successful, they all have, they love talking about their morning routine because it really builds your, that's your, that's really your world of, or your foundation of how you can be successful and lead well. I have to create a bubble between 4.30 and really 8 o'clock till, until I get to the office where you just, I just don't let anything else in besides them. There's, you know, do I mess up? Yes. I mean, I play the game. I take the email off in settings off of my iPhone and iPad so I can't check email because we all do it. By, without thinking now. So I have to train myself to get up, do my coffee and my, my, my little water drink. I do my greens, coffee, read my Bible. You get 30 minutes of that time. I'm, I'm doing something fun this year, Lars. I haven't told you it's a journal Bible, which I've never done. And the coaching for my mentor is read, pray, read, pray, read, pray. So I'm writing down as I read, which has been so helpful because we all struggle with our prayer life, if we're being honest. So that's been helpful. So then after that, I, I, you know, I can, I just start, you know, I get outside, I go do my walk. That's been what I've been doing now. I'm a, I'm a former marathoner. My body doesn't like to do that anymore. So 45 minutes is probably my average to get out, always listening to real estate team builders podcast or something <laughs> else, because that three hours is where I can pour everything in. And the rest of your day, we all know this, everybody invades your space, your bubble, we have to con- choose to control our space for at least the first part of the day. So I'm just, I'm real fanatical about that. My team hears me talk about that. And that's, I don't get it right all the time. Yes, I've checked ESPN while reading my Bible before, okay? <laughs> but you got to kind of create some some hacks where you don't have the phone when you sit down at your desk or wherever you are. So that's kind of the morning routine. And I'm usually here in the office by eight, maybe 7.45, eight o'clock. And it's, you know, it's, I don't know if this is, I would imagine this is with every business owner there. And it's, it's straight up e-myth. You know, it's the entrepreneurial myth. It's just because we decide to go into business for ourselves, like in real estate, all of a sudden, like, it's like, we're our own boss. We can set our own hours and somehow magically something is good is going to come of it. And it never does. And, you know, we're the worst boss because we don't hold ourselves accountable and in a business that's set up that way, where the team leader doesn't have the personal leadership, they haven't played the game at a high level. I, I forgot to mention that of the 414, Greg had a down year at 160 listings. <laughs> right? So, you know, that, that that's off of like a 200 to 220 is where he normally operates. So he was working part time last year. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's just an interesting dynamic. Um, I want to talk about one more thing because you guys... And this is a big differentiator, I think, for your team. And for you even to have nine, I know is a big deal. For the longest time, you were like, we only have eight seats. There's a reason. Yeah, no, I'm not picking on it, but because I know there's a big deal to even have a ninth. Um, yeah. But you guys were so particular about, you know, what, what sort of set of core values or, you know, patterns does a, a person need to have to be on our team? So talk about core values, what you, how you've missed them in the past and people haven't fit, because that's a struggle for every team builder. And I think that's the crux of most problems on, in, in, in these teams is that it's just a loose collection of 
wildly different, not connected with any common core values. So talk about core values. Maybe Stephanie, you start. So um, the reason we have ad added one, um, we have one of our wonderful agents who's expecting, and she is now going to be a listing agent when she comes out of maternity leave. Um, so we will kind of go back to having eight buyer's agents who are on call. Mm -hmm. And so it is our sweet spot. We're not going to say never say never, but it's been a great number for us for a long time. And I do hire a little differently. And I always say this is an experiment that we may find doesn't work at all eventually. Um, but I use wise hire as our software. And um, when you are hiring for a hunter gatherer buyer's agent, someone that is not going to receive leads that they're going to need to cold call, they're going to need to work their entire sphere. You really want your D and your I to be very high. And you want your economic to be very high. But because we provide a very good lead source, our past history, Greg's been in the business for 25 years. We have a lot of past clients. We have a lot of sphere. We have online leads. We have all this to kind of hand over to them for them to, um, I hate to say the word babysit, but, you know, they're going to take care of their sure. babies and serve. I don't need people to be as aggressive. I need them to be less commission breath. And more caring. And that's what I'm looking for. I feel like I enjoy people okay. um, that have the, the score, I think it's called an altruist score. Um, uh, and it's your basically your empathy score. And I hire on a high empathy score. Now, I realize now that I'm in the business for a little bit longer, it does create a slight bit more of burnout in your agents if they truly care about their clients. Hmm. Um, so I did find that out like this year, um, realizing, okay, because I hired people that actually sincerely care about these people, that that's your trade-off. Um, but when I have not hired for that, when I have like, oh my gosh, this person can sell me anything. They're an amazing salesperson. Almost inevitably, six months into it or quicker, they think they know more than Greg. They're telling me how to do things and they're piecing out. You know, they have just been a huge time suck because they think they know everything. And so it just depends on what kind of team Fine you're line. building. But for mm -hmm. us, I want to like them. I want them to really care about people and just take care of our clients. And if they can do that and be steady and organized, they're, you know, we're on a, a good path. Yeah, that's, that's could, awesome. And Lars, I could add, I mean, the three core values that I'm looking for or attributes in a salesperson is going to be attitude, um, work ethic, and coachability. And I think those are three things that even my children, I mean, I talk to them all the time about you know, exhibiting those three things and that's success in life. Really. Mm. If you're coachable, you're humble. You're, you don't know everything. You're willing to take advice from someone that knows more than you and that's not trying to hurt you. Um, th so that's called coachability. If you're willing to work hard, put your head down and grind and, and you've got good coaches around you, that means you're moving and working hard in the right direction versus, you know, the, 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 the rocking chair mentality where you're a lot of motion, but you're not getting anywhere. As long as you got good work ethic and you know you're on the right path, like when we joined you know, B-School, we had the work ethic. We need a, a better blueprint. And then attitude. This business is hard. There's ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. But what is your attitude? That's what's a reflection of what's going on in the inside. And so and that's why it starts with that morning routine, because you're pouring good stuff in. Good stuff comes out, hopefully, most of the time. That's awesome. I'm going to ask you, um, uh, I want you to each answer these next two questions. So what's been the biggest 
blessing that you didn't see coming from having a, a real estate team versus the way things were with, you know, Greg being a solo agent. So what's the biggest blessing, unforeseen blessing that you guys have seen? Me go first? Yeah. In, impact. You know, I lost my dad two weeks ago today. Um, when you lose someone, my dad was in sales, real estate. He's a real estate trainer, worked for Floyd Wickman. Um, I mean, Floyd got the call almost second to the family. Um, so when you see a guy like that who impacted me at such a high level, people coming out of the woodwork telling me stories, the more people that you're surrounding yourself with as you grow a team, it's an opportunity to impact more lives, impact their children's lives and people that are coming in brand new that are, can make six figures plugging into a system in their first year, you're impacting people now that financially, but also, you know, for us as Christians, we can impact them spiritually. We can influence them and, and help lead people. I mean, there's such, there's so much more going on, not to over-spiritualize it, but for me, it is simply impact. I could do what we do and be really profitable and just be me and Stephanie, but what a gift to have all these people around us that we can influence and impact. Yeah. Can you top that? Okay, one? I'm like, yes, yeah, I'm going to make you answer as well. What's the biggest blessing that, that you've been able to, to experience with the team last six or six years or so? I mean, I think the fun part of it is expanding vision. Um, and so, and just having just, you know, you know, all that, how in the world do you stay married? And the good thing is we have a good balance and we literally are not like standing by each other every day. I'm like, we're kind of doing our own thing, but I love seeing, I love creating vision and then going to the vision. And so that's exciting to me. And I, I kind of forget until you're in it and like, oh, let's do that. Why can't we do that? Let's do it. You know, and, so, and sometimes, you, you know, it doesn't work out, but I love to dream. I love to visualize. It's kind of seeing those little things, you know, like, um, when we did buy a Remax and then when we did buy a building and okay, okay, now the team's this big, you know, it just kind of feels fun to have those goals and, and reach them. Yeah. Awesome. And I forget what the exercise was and I'll probably get emotional telling the story about this, even though it's you guys, um, where Stephanie, it was a breakout session at one of the intensives where essentially Stephanie, you were like, I'm good. If Jesus took me home today, like I'm, and it was so touching. You know, like with the kids and just how you've lived your life. So what was, what, how'd that come up again? Maybe Greg, you remember, uh, you shared it with everybody when we came back together. Do you remember? I don't know. I mean, maybe like if we have regrets or like, what do we want to do before we die? And I mean, like, I feel like, I guess, cause I, I'm, I love the season I'm in with my children because I'm a really big theater fan. If anyone knows me at all, I'm, I love it. And my children are into it. So I'm getting to be with them and, and they're still at an age that they tolerate me. And, you know, they're not like kicking out the car, although Steele's very soon to be driving. So he wants to, but I don't know. I just, I feel like, you know, being present and being with, you know, the people that you love. I mean, that's kind of, yeah, I was just feeling very like loved and, you know, I love that. And it is, I I think it's a lesson forever. You know, there, there are a lot of sort of hard charging, honestly, mostly guys, hard charging guys. And, and there obviously are women that are hard charging that forget to enjoy the ride that forget. It's like, you know, this is a season that if we miss it, we'll have regrets or, mm-hmm. and you mentioned sweet spot, you know, you could easily go from eight to 16 agents and just like grow for growth sake. And you've just decided almost to like temper growth 
because like this is manageable. It's, it's you know, we're having impact. So I, I just love that about you guys. So here's going to be a fun question and you both have to answer. What has driven you absolutely nuts in the last six years of building a team? What's been the biggest frustration? Stephanie, you have to answer first this time. Yeah, don't be stealing my answers. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I do think the true accountability of it is super challenging. I mean, if you went to the list, it would be comical of all the software or special things or, you know, hey, we've, hey guys, why don't you put your numbers in CTE? All right, just, just stop. That is hilarious. No one knows their numbers and they don't put them on correctly. And, you know, oh yeah, I had um, you know, four appointments and I met eight people and what, huh? You know, it never matches, you know, um, we are using ERS that is helpful with just the sheer watching a lead come through the flow. Are they calling them? Are they texting them? That that's helpful. We do that every Tuesday and have our daily and weekly reports. Okay. That's good. But I mean, we've tried CSU and we, I mean, it's just like it, that drives me crazy when any report again, says like, oh yeah, I talked to two people and I set, you know, 17 appointments and then I met 32, you know, it's just, it's like, no, you didn't. That doesn't make sense. So <laughs> yeah. that, that you, is Greg? really cringeworthy. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm, I couldn't even, I'm thinking of something. She knows I have short-term memory when it comes to like negative things. I mean, I get, <laughs> very good for our marriage. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I, I, you know, I don't really, uh, yeah, I think tracking numbers, but I don't really know what to say about that. What would I be frustrated? What do I complain about? Hmm. Maybe to pick something for you. Maybe someone not living up to their potential. I don't know. That'd be yeah, frustrating I mean, there, for someone who's a high performer. I mean, there's certainly times when I do feel like, and, and some of my team members may listen to this, and that's okay, is just, it's it's kind of like the dad that says to his grandkids or his kids, I walked up the hill to the snow, you know, and it was backwards and forward. You know? So I feel like that they do have it pretty easy. And I all I'm asking is to just 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 make calls for two hours a day and you will crush it. And it's sometimes it's hard to get them to do that. So that's that's my biggest frustration is like just go ahead. And I would say he really likes people to come in the office. That's his he's born and bred of you come in the office, you have your routine, you have your schedule, you do not let anyone interrupt you, and you do not break your schedule because that's these are all success pillars, right? So things like that. He likes for the agents to be in the office. And with COVID, you know, everything kind of changed there and people are more working from home, but um, so we get them in probably two out of five and then I have a few agents that come in three or four days a week, which is nice. So mm -hmm. yeah, if I had my way, we'd all be here together, you know, calling together. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, the last question, and you know, this definitely isn't like the EXP expedition, uh, um, not expedition, um, whatever. This is not the EXP show, but anytime, <laughs> someone's on the podcast that's playing, you know, real estate at a high level and they pivoted their, their business into the EXP platform. I like to ask them, you know, what, what are your goals with EXP? Why EXP? What, what are, what's something you can share uh, about EXP? I think one of the biggest things for me, and this may not be for everyone, but I want our team to stay together as long mm -hmm. as possible. And I just felt like, EXP offered the most for my agents who, whether they want to go build a team later on, which would be hard for us because, because that is always an emotional journey. But this way I could see a path of, you know what, if someone wanted to go build their own team, I could do it with full wholehearted blessing. Like, okay, we're going to build this together. And that felt really good to me. 
Um, I really like the healthcare option. And I love the idea of just the mentorship. We have an agent that's taken that very seriously. So it's kind of customizable of what could be beneficial for them. Um, but I just saw of all the other brokerages, this is something and, and the stock options. I thought, you know what? It everything it may not be right for every player on the team, but there's something for everyone. And for the longevity of what we could offer, I didn't think we could offer a better package. It's the only platform that you could really, because there are, there's at least one or two of your agents. And, and I will say there's one of your agents who listens to the podcast and all of the comments, Matt, that were said <laughs> out of love about frustrations. It's all out of love. So I don't know if anyone else listens except Matt, but Matt, that's, that's some props for you. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, there are a couple agents on your team that, I mean, they are performing at a high level and there is a natural, like, I wish they all stayed forever and Mm -hmm. they never do. (laughs) It's so like, it hurts so much when they're like, they leave you, but it's the natural progression perhaps of their career. And it's, it's in love. We say goodbye to them most of the time when they're like five, six, seven, eight years on the team. Um, So I just, I love that answer in terms of the EXP platform. Um, that's it. You guys are awesome. You guys run an amazing business. I'm honored to be in business with you and be your partner. Um, if anyone has any questions about EXP and why the Sissons would have pivoted in, what's the best way to reach out to you guys? Stephanie, Greg Sisson. Yeah, Stephanie at gregsisson.com or 843-455-9017. Give me a call. Awesome. 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 And if you have any, you know, if you're listening to this and you're sort of navigating the, the journey of like team leadership and um, the one thing I could offer you is I put together this six stages of growth. It's called the real estate business growth navigator. So if you go to realestatebusinessgrowth.com, you can pick up a free, free copy of that. It's realestatebusinessgrowth.com. Greg and Stephanie, love you guys. Appreciate love you. uh, your relationship and we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks Lars. Thanks Lars. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Would you please take a minute to share the show with other team leaders who may be struggling? And if you love the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to learn step-by-step how to build a profitable real estate team that allows you to get out of the real estate grind and live the lifestyle you've been dreaming about, visit us at joinrebs.com. That's joinrebs.com. Our coaching, training systems and support will help you get more high quality leads, increase your conversions and sales, improve your client experience, and allow you to scale your real estate business, all while reducing the amount of hours you work and the stress you endure. Just go to joinrebs.com for more info now. See you on the next episode.